0: John 21, verse 1 through 14 begins this way. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, known as Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. And so they went out and they got into the boat but that night they caught nothing early in the morning jesus stood on the shore but the disciples did not realize that it was jesus he called out to them friends haven't you any fish no they answered he said well throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some and when they did They were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord! And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It's the Lord, he wrapped out his outer garment around him, because he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed him in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 200 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net to the shore. It was full of large fish, a 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took bread, and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, church. Happy Sunday. So good to be with you today though we're all scattered throughout the city. I'm feeling connected to each one of you. I'm seeing and hearing so many great stories about what God's doing in our community and in our city. And so, whether you're in your PJs, in your living room, at the table, we just say thank you and glad that you're here. And, you know, like Janelle said last week, if there's anything you want to put on the comments, on the live stream, you want to say amen, or just um, say something that stands out to you, we just strongly encourage you to do that. Um, <clears throat> and this series, I, I just believe, has been blessing our community, um, the resurrection of Jesus is here and it's now and it's present. And um, it's been getting me thinking about things that I don't actually catch, things that I don't actually grasp that are happening real time. And um, me and my wife have had a lot of time in our hands to catch up on Netflix series and different documentaries and docu-series, and there's often times when we're watching a show and she turns to me and she's like, did you catch that or, or pause it and go, did you understand what's happening right now? And then like, man, they just pulled season one into season five. And I'm just like, I was like, I don't see it. Uh, I can't, I don't, I didn't catch it. Wow, what, what happened? Like, play it back, rewind it. And like, I want to grasp it. And so we find Even in this story, the disciples, they're like live, like seeing the story, the greatest story ever told, unfolding to them right in front of their faces and their characters in the story and they don't fully grasp it. And they're they're just reeling from the crucifixion and the resurrection is kind of perplexing to them. They've had a couple encounters with Jesus where he's shown up at their gathering and then disappeared. And before Jesus's death, they they spent so much time with him. He was with them all the time had like three years of intense ministry season together. They were on boats together. They were taking trips together and he was always there. And now they're in a season where Jesus kind of pops in and, and pops out and they recognize him, but they kind of looks different. He doesn't really look the same, but it's, it feels like him. It seems like him and he, His instructions, they follow. He told them to meet him in Galilee and they they did that. And they've had these, like I said, sparse interactions and they're kind of waiting around and like wondering what's supposed to happen. What are the specifics? And I think they end up just saying, we're just gonna do what we do best, fishing. And they decide to go fishing. And this this really resonates with me because, you know, during this season, during this this quarantine, I I just feel like I have to, I need to do something. I need to to book a trip. I need to escape. I need to to be somewhere else. I need to to be somewhere familiar. I need to experience something that feels normal. And so the disciples decide to go fishing. Read with me in verse 3. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. I-, I don't know what's going on in their hearts and in their minds. I don't know that they had a particular reason why they wanted to go fishing. They needed maybe to occupy their time. Maybe, maybe going fishing was, was their backup plan in case this thing with Jesus didn't work. I know this, many theologians say that they probably needed currency, they probably needed money. Essentially, they all left their jobs, they all left their careers, their vocation, to follow Jesus. You see all through the Gospel of John, where they said, we've left all to follow you, we've dropped it all to follow Jesus. And see, when Jesus asked people to follow him, you see that people leave everything to follow him. They lay down their previous lives and they bend their lives off pursuing a life that looks like Jesus, a life that's following Jesus all around the earth. And you hear phrases of when she, of people wanting to follow Jesus and him saying, listen, foxes have holes, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He's saying like, there's no guarantees you're going to have the, the same security that you had before. And also, like if you put your hand to the plow, don't look back. And he's saying, like, if you're going to go, you need to go all the way in following me. And this is what these disciples have done. And now they're in a place with Jesus that they never have been before. And I don't, I don't know about you, but the, I remember the first time I said yes to Jesus. The first time that I said yes, I'm willing to lay down all my prior pursuits and aspirations to see what following the Son of God looks like. And I don't know about you, but I I remember that time, and it was it was super exciting because I just remember praying to Jesus and Him answering every prayer. I remember like this like not even knowing my Bible, this opening it and just be like I like. Sh- to me, and this it following opening open on passages that speak, that spoke directly to my life right then. And then I remember showing up to church and hearing a message. Where I'm like, man, that was just for me. I remember a time where God just showing up, meeting my needs even before I even ask or say, I like just trying to spread the gospel and seeing people respond and go, wow, this stuff works. This is amazing. And then there comes a time where it feels like Jesus kind of distances himself, where those prayers seem less answered or not answered in the way that I thought they would. There comes a time where it it feels like my life with Jesus is less predictable, where I don't know what's coming next. And I bet there's some of us that feel that way right now wondering how our needs will be met and trying to do all that we can to see that they are met. And that's what these disciples are doing. Read with me here in the second part of verse 3. It says, So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So they went out all night fishing. And if you study the area in the first century that Night fishing in the Sea of Galilee was more profitable than day fishing because you could go to the markets first thing in the morning with your catch and beat people to the markets. And so um, my, my guess is if they were out all night, that this wasn't a recreational fishing trip, that they needed something to come out of this trip. And it says that they caught nothing. I can imagine how discouraged they must have been. Now, I'm not a fisherman, I've never been accused of being a fisherman, but I went on a fishing trip once, and um, I went on this trip with some coworkers and some friends and some peers, and um, it wasn't for survival, it wasn't for food. We had food, we have all our needs met. It was simply, Trying to catch a fish for the gram. Like this was for Instagram. <laughs> and so I could just, and 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 they, we weren't catching anything. And I could every time I pass someone, they're like, Did you catch anything? I'm like, no, I'm miserable, it's hot, and there's bugs everywhere. And I could just imagine if doing this to live and not catching anything, how discouraging and deflating that must have been. One commentator says this about this passage. He says, suddenly. It's like the bad old days. They fish all night and catch nothing. This story is reminiscent of some things in the past where they're toiling and they're not catching anything. Now this could be misfortune or this toiling all night and this season could be Jesus trying to reorient them to the resurrected Christ. One commentator says this, says, they must not learn to depend on his presence as before. Another way of saying is that they have a whole new way in which they're going to have to interact and depend with Jesus post-resurrection than how they interact and how he showed up before the resurrection. And so read with me verses 4 through 6. It says, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. They're cold, they're frustrated, they're in the dark. And they're in great need. And Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up to meet their need and they don't even know it. We, we see in so many of these resurrection encounters that Jesus meets his disciples in their fear and in their doubt and in their need. And he says, fear not, touch my wound, throw your net on the other side. Jesus shows up in this passage and he calls them friends. He says, friends. Another word can be children or young lads. And so it's a term of endearment. He sees in sincerity and the, the child likeness of his disciples. And he said, and he's in a, And this is kind of an encouragement. He says, children, th- have you caught anything? Throw your net on the other side. It's fascinating here that he doesn't shame them. He meets them at their work and he he just gives them instruction. And they follow the instruction, though they don't fully understand who it is or if it's even gonna work, and they're met with more than they ever expected. And the resurrected power of Jesus is revealed to us at our deepest moments of need that Jesus often reveals himself and shows us who he is in our deepest moments where we're just like, I need something or I'm not going to make it. It says in in verse 7, then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Like Like, it is the Lord, and so... Peter immediately says that he gets dressed, he tightens up his tunic, and he jumps in the ocean, well, the, the sea, he jumps in the sea, and they're a hundred yards from the shore, and Peter is swimming to the shore, and all the disciples are like, you know the boat can get us there, and they stay in the boat, and they're all on their way to the shore to see if it's Jesus, and they can't see if it's Jesus, but it seems like Jesus because, because this is how Jesus has shown up in their lives before. And so Jesus, in this, in this passage, in this way of delivering these fish, is bringing in a fresh an encounter that they had with him. In Luke 5, which is almost like the same story where they're fishing and they can't catch anything, and Jesus tells them to cast their net on the other side, and it says that they caught so many fish that their nets were breaking. But in Luke 5, Jesus was in the boat. And so Jesus is not in the boat with them, but the fish are multiplying and it sounds like Jesus is with them. And I can imagine that Peter... The disciples, while they're making their way to shore, while he's swimming, he's thinking of this of this Luke five when he first was called by Jesus, and how he forsook everything to follow Jesus. That maybe this is happening all over again. And so this passage is yes, it's about provision, but more importantly, it's it's about our invitation to following the resurrected Christ. It's kind of a re. Calling, because in Luke 5, when they caught the fish, Jesus told Peter and his disciples, I'm gonna make you a fisher of people. Like, I'm, I'm giving you a mission for your life that I'm gonna make you a fisher of people. And I really think this time that we're in, this season that we find ourselves in right now that God is bringing us back to the moment of our call, the simplicity and the posture of what he's called us to and who he's called us to be. And I don't know about you, but when I go back to the day when I got called and I said yes to Jesus, like I, I can't shake it. I, when I look at that moment, I know that I've been changed forever and that's what this passage is about. That's what this resurrection is about, that it's an event and it's something that's forever changed us and now the church us reality. We are marked by the resurrection. We are formed by the resurrection. We are formed by saying yes to Jesus, to following him and laying down our lives to say, we want you, Lord. And I can imagine that there's probably some of you that feel really far from the shore, that your boat is empty, Jesus is not in the boat, that Your nets are empty, and I just want to encourage you to listen for the voice. And no matter how far the shore is from you, Jesus can meet your needs. And and more than meet your needs, he wants to draw you to himself. It says in verse 9, When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals with fish on it and some bread. It's like the first fish fillet. No, I'm joking. But Jesus said, they come to the shore. Peter swims there. They boat in, and Jesus is already there, and he has food prepared for them. Martin Luther says this, the Lord rarely gives his inward gifts without conveying them By some outward means. In other words, Jesus gives them bread to meet their needs, but he's also saying this bread is pointing to something greater that you need. And he says in John that I am the bread of life. I'm giving you bread for life, but I'm also giving you myself for life. I could have just left food on the grill here for you, but I'm here because I'm giving you more than bread, I'm giving you myself. I'm here to give you what you need. And I'm here because I'm what you need. See, they responded to Jesus invitation because they were hungry and hunger is not always bad because Jesus used their hunger to have an encounter with himself. Read with me the last two passages. Verse 12, Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dare ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And even though you might not be able to grasp everything that's going on, though you may not be able to see the whole picture or understand where Jesus is at, that doesn't mean that he's not working and that doesn't mean that he's not present. And I pray that in the midst of uncertainty, fear, doubt, and need, that you would know the Lord that you would know that it is the Lord and that in this season, God will reveal himself to you and you would recognize and see him in your everyday, ordinary lives. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, I'm I'm reminded of your word that says, without you, we can do nothing. And I think what you're calling us to is that you want us to be with you 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 want us to dwell inside of you. And so, God, I pray that we would draw from your life that we'd be inspired by the resurrection, filled by your spirit, and, and, and not surprised by how you show up and move in our lives, God. And so we just invite you in, open our eyes, fill us, Lord, in Jesus' name.